안녕하세요, 여러분. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Motivate Korean podcast. My name's Ian, and I'm here today with Jeremy. Hey there, Ian. How's it going? It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while since we did one of these, but if someone's listening to this in the future, they won't notice because it'll just be the next episode. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But we're back at it, uh, and uh, we're going strong. So, uh, Jeremy brought a really interesting idea for us to talk through today. Do you want to introduce to us what, uh, what you brought for us today? Yeah, sure. Um, today, we're going to talk about three reasons why you shouldn't worry about how far along you are with your learning Korean. So, to rephrase that, three reasons why you shouldn't care how good you are at Korean at any given point. <laughs> It sounds so easy to say that, right? But I feel like uh, <laughs> hearing that as a learner sometimes might be uh, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I know it was for me. I'm not saying that just because I say this doesn't mean I, I was immune to this kind of thinking. But having gone through it, hopefully we can share some insights and help others avoid the process and help others avoid this. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we're trying to do, too, with this podcast is not say, here's the mm -hmm. perfect way, but more, here's some stuff that maybe we yeah. could have done better at that at the earlier stages of... Uh... Yeah, we want you guys to leapfrog us. Okay, so uh, you said we got three different things. So what's the first thing? So the first reason you shouldn't worry about whether or how long, how far along you are in the Korean learning process is because it's actually a trap. How so? Well, it's an endless thought process. If you really try to f actually figure it out, what are you going to do? Get your beakers out and get your ruler? Are you going to, you can take a test, of course, but we all know that tests don't accurately measure your real abilities. You've personally, I'm much better at speaking than I am at reading and, uh, and, and, and writing as a result. So uh, I'm much more comfortable with one side of language. Does that mean I'm worse than someone who's very good at reading and not good at and not good at listening or very good at, at writing and not good at speaking? Um, how do you know, right? So it's it's a trap. It, it I think people think that they're going to get a solid number and they're going to see the 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 progress bar just like they're playing a video game. They're going to see the progress bar go up, <laughs> up, 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 and start. They'll feel better, but there's nothing there. There's nothing to it. Yeah, and I, I think what you said there is uh, uh, has a lot of meaning because when you know, based you know on any of these arbitrary measures of your of your skill level, once you have that information, what does that do? Like yeah. seeing a, a score, like I speak Korean, one thousand points. Yeah. What does that What does that mean? You know. Ooh, I feel so good, but why not two thousand? <laughs> exactly. So I have an interesting yeah. like anecdote, and I'm sure you've had the same experience when you were living in Korea. But there's this mm -hmm. English test. There's actually two different English tests that are available to people from countries that don't speak English as its first language. Um, so we don't really take these kind of tests in you know, the Anglosphere, US, UK, whatever. But these tests are called TOEIC, and uh, there's TOEFL, what is the other one? IELTS, I think, for TOEFL. Commonwealth countries. IELTS. Yeah, TOEFL. They're all, yeah. So There's a we lot got, of them. We got these kind of tests, right? And so when I was first, when I was new to Korea, I didn't speak any Korean when I moved here, or barely any. Just, you know, 안녕하세요, pretty much. Um, mm. I would meet people at, you know, language meetups or whatever, or any kind of social gathering that would come and talk to me and say, you know, my 
my TOEIC level is whatever, 10,000 or something, 9,000. <laughs> I think it's real like high. And it goes up to, yeah. Something 1, like that, something. yeah. And uh, But they couldn't really hold a basic conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I learned more and more about how English scoring works here and how people get jobs based on their English test scores. And I recognized a relationship. Well, actually, I recognized that there was no relationship between your test yeah. score and your actual ability to communicate in yeah. English. Um, and I, I ended up kind of realizing that a lot of these tests are more of a measure of how good you are at looking like you speak the language. Yeah. <laughs> or how, how good, good you are at taking actually. tests. Because my experience True. taking the topic, so the Korean version of that test, I've taken it maybe three or four times in mm-hmm. my life. And a lot of it is strategy. Sometimes I spent way too much time on this one question and I ran out of time. And I couldn't finish the big writing question, which was worth like like 40 Half points or something points. Yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So like, uh, oops, and I got like a 10 on it because I didn't have enough time. Am I an idiot because I, I didn't do that? Am I bad at Korean? Well, I'm not, a, I'm not very good at, at, not as good at writing as I am at speaking, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could say that it's only that maybe it's a it'll give you a little hint like someone who gets a really high score on an English test a Korean person or you know any non-English speaker clearly they know a lot about the language they have to know some stuff words at the very least but it doesn't translate to an actual co- communication ability which I believe is the whole point of learning a language others may disagree but yeah absolutely it doesn't there's really nothing that comes from it and and to take it a step further, the word we used in English here, or well, the word you used in English here, is trap. And trap has this really kind of negative connotation to it, right? Kind of like yeah. tricking someone. Well, yeah. I think one of the negative aspects of of trying to, like, I'm air quoting here, objectively measure mm-hmm. your, your language skill uh, with a test or some kind of thing is that you might not get a result you like. And then what? You're going to quit? You know, yeah. it's a it's a huge like demotivator. And for a podcast and, called Motivate Korean and a YouTube <laughs> channel called Motivate Korean, this is not something that we recommend, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other side, I mean, to get away from tests, because that's not the only way. I th- the other reason this is a trap is because the other way you can figure out how good you are is to compare yourself to others. Mm-hmm. And that's also not helpful i remember when i first met our our friend now uh matthew uh, mm-hmm. ian knows him and uh he we may have him on the podcast at some point but he speaks korean very very well but and he has read hundreds of books in korean mm-hmm. and i don't think i've ever made it all the way through one so i when when i met him i almost felt like oh man i'm i'm terrible at korean oh gosh what am i doing but the day before that i didn't know he existed and i felt fine Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? In one yeah. day, nothing changed about my ability. It's it's a trap, really. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I've said this before, um, and this, this uh, what do you call it, adage has mm-hmm. helped me in life. As long as you compare, you will live in despair. <laughs> I like that. I really yeah. like that. So um, that, I think, really gives us a great segue into the second point here, which is that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it just doesn't matter <laughs> at all yeah um, it's not helpful in in one way that it doesn't matter uh is because it's really kind of uh difficult to get a comprehensive measure 
of your language ability anyway. Something we've talked about on this podcast before is uh, kind of our definition of fluency. And we defined it on this podcast as where skill and knowledge intersect. So your ability, your practice uh, of the language and your ability to produce and understand the language, where that meets your underlying knowledge about the language uh, is, is, are the points that you're fluent. So for example, mm-hmm. you might be completely fluent at cafe Korean. You could walk into a cafe, get your a-a, which is ice americano. Um, oh, they call it that these days? Yeah, we got some young people calling it an a-a. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the youngsters, that. the youths. I'm an ajashi, so. Man, I feel like I'm getting there. I've got, I had a kid in an elevator call me ajashi the other day. <gasps> oh, I'm man. 26. You're getting close, dude. You know what? I'll Wait, take it. Once you get up to my, once you get up to your thirties, and if you have a kid and get married and all that, then you're stuck. <laughs> I feel grumpier, so maybe it, maybe it, it's it's fitting. Anyway, could be part of it. <laughs> anyway, um, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Is the point that we're trying to make here, and uh, and that kind of goes along with it being a trap. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people care ab- about it, and I know why they do, and I know why I did too, because you want to know if what you're doing is working. You want to know, hey, I did all this for, for, you know, sometimes years. I've been doing this for years. I've had people contact me through email or through YouTube and things saying, I've been studying for so many years and I still can't do this. Why? And often there's two, usually two reasons. Often part of their process is not right. Mm-hmm. There's something in their process, something that they're not doing that, oh, I've never done language exchange. Well, of course you can't speak then because you haven't done it mm-hmm. <laughs> in a realistic uh, you know, situation. And the other side of it is that some people have different propensities for certain things than others. For example, people who grew, grew up with a linguistic background may be more inclined to hearing uh, intricate sounds, you mm-hmm. know, or not intricate, mm-hmm. but very, very subtle sounds, I mean, I mean to say. Yeah. Or uh, maybe someone who is deaf in one ear, for example, might have a hard time with listening. Mm-hmm. Right. There are factors that sometimes are outside of our control that make the process either longer, more difficult, more arduous than it would be for someone else. Um, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. That just means that you adjust your your study methods and your, your habits, essentially, um, and everything will take off from there. So habits really are the drivers of learners. We, we may have talked about this on this podcast. I forget now. Sure. But, yeah. Well, it's been so long, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I can definitely think of so. The, one of the next couple episodes of the podcast, uh, something that I want to talk about is goal setting and like kind of effective goal setting. And I won't go too much into it since we'll make an episode about it. But uh, one of the solutions to this problem and and ways to avoid it feeling like it matters is to set really ambiguous goals that are easy to just say that you've succeeded. It's not a, you know, if you say, I want to get a, let's go with that TOEIC example. Let's just pretend that it comes out of 10,000 points because I don't actually know how it works. But let's just say, I want to get a 9,456 on the TOEIC exam. (laughs) But you come out of that TOEIC exam, you feel like you crushed it. Those pages were shaking from your answers, flying off the table (laughs) from the gravitational pull of how awesome you are. And then you get your results. 900 or 9,342. Failure. Abject yeah, failure. Big failure. Is, I mean, 
not really, but you're probably going to feel <laughs> like a failure. And you shouldn't be setting yourself up for that because yeah. it doesn't matter. Your measure of ability is entirely situational. Other things we have talked about on this podcast, like the effective filter uh, that can that can affect your ability to understand or you know input or output of information, uh, anxiety about the situation. You might kill it one day and not kill it the next day. There's just no way to measure this scientifically. Mm -hmm. You know, in science, you don't do one experiment and call it a day. You got to keep doing the same thing over and over again, and other people have to be able to repeat it. And if they can't, it's not science. So I wouldn't put too much faith in any of these tests, you know? Uh, talking about faith there, I think that kind of leads to the, the, the third reason uh, pretty well. Hit us. The drawback of science is that it is dependent upon a measurer or an observer, a person. So it, And it is only as good as the measurement tool, right? So if you don't have the, measurement, the right measurement tool, then you can't, uh, then you can't get a meaningful result. You can't get any meaningful information from it. So if we take a ruler, which measures things in two dimensions, and try to measure a three-dimensional object, we're not going to be very satisfied. And your language ability is very much three-dimensional. So the th and let me, I guess I'll unpack that by explaining the third reason. So the third reason that you, sh that you shouldn't care about how far along you are is because it takes you away from actually living the process of learning Korean. Life is an ongoing day in, day out uh, process, which, in other words, we could say is a series of habits. And so I, I personally view language learning as sort of a spiritual journey, we could say, in that you are learning about yourself, you're learning about people, you're growing, you're changing, you're becoming more mature, better, maybe frustrated, but sometimes mm -hmm. after the frustration, you become more enlightened as to why you uh, you had those frustrations and you learn all kinds of stuff about yourself you make good you make good friends and uh, you come out a better person on the other side I know Ian and I have talked about this and Ian has said that learning Korean has helped him in that way as well and this is the real reason that you should do it if you're doing it to get a number on a paper you're not going to go very far and if you're doing it so you can watch k-dramas without subtitles it's also not going to work very well because Unless you're really crazy about K-dramas, and even still, I don't think it'll work very well. Um, it's not real for you. You're not living the process. You're just a spectator. You're not in the game. And you got to get in the game to make, to make things actually happen. Exactly. So if you're, you know, if you are one of those K-drama people, you know, you're trying, you're learning Korean maybe specifically so you can interact with Korean media. If you are only receiving the Korean media, that's where it becomes a problem. But if you're going on forums and talking with people or doing stuff on Twitter or whatever, you've now e exited that realm, you know. So now you're using the language and you're making connections with people. And I think that, you know, that's a good application. Okay, well, this was a really interesting and nice brief conversation. Jeremy, thank you for imparting your wisdom with us again on this lovely, <laughs> what is it? It's, it's, it's not, it's not mine. Morning. It just hit me in the head the other day. <laughs> But uh, it's, uh, it's good to hear from you. Hopefully all of our wonderful listeners have enjoyed uh, this conversation as much as I have. Jeremy, would you like to uh, say anything before we head out? No, I think you got it there, man. Just go with the flow, everyone. Don't worry about where you're at. It's just uh, enjoy the journey. Don't keep focusing so hard on the destination. Exactly. Because the destination is going to keep changing. <laughs>
That's so true. Uh, just a quick uh, roundup of our pluggables here. Uh, we have uh, Jeremy is the host on our YouTube channel called Motivate Korean. You're going to see his face mostly coming out there. Uh, yep. yep. Coming not out. coming out. Showing not up that. there. You have been <laughs> Koreanized. That is Nauda. I did say Nauda, yeah. To explain for those who are da. curious. Yeah. Nauda we'll is a very commonly used <laughs> verb in Korean, meaning literally to come out. And uh, right. anyone who speaks Korean to a certain level, it affects their English. We start to say, yeah, that came out. Uh, I think we actually say came up. Came or up. showed up or something. Show up, yeah. That's what I changed it to. Yeah, so you'll normally see Jeremy on our YouTube channel. He's uh, there. We go. He got that. He got that whole thing started. Um, we have a uh, an email address. Where you can send us any questions you might have at uh, podcast at motivatekorean dot um, We also have some courses available for sale if you're looking to study anything specific. Uh, most recently, uh, Jeremy has produced a hanta course, a hanta all course. Mm. Uh, which has been really mm, helpful for a lot of people. We've gotten a lot of really good feedback. I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Um, and that's all available on our website at motivatekorean.com. So uh, if you have any questions, hit us up. You can Oh, you can also find us on Instagram at motivatekorean. <laughs> I don't post much, but yeah, maybe yeah. someday soon. <laughs> <laughs> so um, please get in touch with us if you have any questions or if you just want to share any, uh, any kind words. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to keeping in touch with you guys more and more often as we go forward so uh, have a great day and uh, we'll see you soon bye see you in the next episode bye